A good Sunday morning to you. It is 7.09. And as you just heard, my name is Susie Jones, Dr. David Hilden of Hennepin Healthcare with Healthy Matters this Sunday and an open phone section session this week, which is nice for folks to maybe hit at other topics that we haven't had in the past. Uh, Dr. Hilton, good morning. Good morning, Susie. How are you doing? You having a good week? You know, I must tell you, in the spirit of complete and utter honesty, I got into a little car accident on Thursday. Good heavens, Susie. You all right? Yeah, but you know, it's just one of those things, getting to health and your wellness is that life is very unpredictable. It is, and it's such a, you know, and even if it's just a minor thing, it's traumatic. I can just, you just hear that crunch, even if it's a slow thing. And then, you know, I'm sorry. Well, you know, I bring it up because I think that it's an important thing to always think about. You know, we heard about Boyd Hooper last week um, announcing that he has cancer. And his message was to listen to your body, right? That, Mm -hmm. you know, he had a nosebleed. He was feeling tired. Um, And I think I tend to poo-poo my own health a little bit. You know, my neck hurts, but I'm not going to blah, blah, blah. And that's, I totally get that. Do you know what I mean? And I totally talking- I get that. And I try to tell people that. You know, in fact, over the 13 years of the show, I bet listeners have heard me say a zillion times, "Is this a new thing for you?" Mm-hmm. You know, you have a symptom, mm-hmm. and I've got this, that, or the other thing, and someone will ask, "Should I be worried about that?" And I often say, "Well, is it a new thing for you?" Because it's a, just what you said, Susie. Listen to yourself. If this is new and not normal for you. Mm-hmm. Take, take, you know, have that checked out or, or look into it. If you've had it for 35 years and it's nothing new for you, that's different. But right. do listen to your body. I think that's really great advice both from you and, and from Boyd. And, and I do have to say our, our thoughts are with, uh, with Boyd Hoopert. Right, right. So listen to your body. That's our thing we're thinking about today. We're also thinking about influenza because we are, you know, we set the clocks. We changed the clocks today. You know, I always rem- have to remember spring ahead fall back. So are you well rested now? Because we got this extra hour of sleep. Uh, I can't quite tell. (laughs) (laughs) I can't either. I don't know if that actually works. I think it just screws things up. I want, you know, I have a blog that I haven't written on in about the last six months, but I'm going to get back into it. But for those who have checked out myhealthymatters.org, myhealthymatters.org, I actually talked about daylight savings in a post a few years ago. So I encourage people to go to that and check it out. I talked about the uselessness of whole of daylight savings and like where did it come from and why are we even doing this anymore? You know, why, why are we why doing did that? It, I thought about that driving in. Why did it start? Well, I don't think anyone's sure. Everyone thought it was to actually save energy, didn't do that. Then oh. people thought maybe it was for agriculture. Yeah, it wasn't too, really right. for that okay. either. And then some, Then there was a military thing about battles or something in Germany. And I don't Jeez. know if any of it was true. I don't think anybody <laughs> really knows. I think we've forgotten why we're doing it. And it doesn't really make any difference. I think the thing that it does do is that it messes with our circadian rhythms. Just that one hour sleep is yeah. like a little mini jet lag twice a year. It's you know, small, but it's real. Yeah. You know who else it messes up? Kids. Like, oh, gosh. I yes. remember when my kids were little and this was, and we, they were up and at different times. <laughs> like, no one knew what time it was, which is really annoying. To not really know what time it that is. That is. And I think states can do something about this. I don't know, you know, I don't know all the rules and everything, but I don't think Arizona has it. No, they I think don't. there are some Native American reservations that don't do it. I think Minnesota should think about just oh, let's just get rid of that. But then if your neighboring states are still doing it. And you have to get on an airplane. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I one time this is way off topic, but I one time missed a train traveling from the country of 
Portugal to the country of Spain. Okay. You know, I'm telling you, it's like there you can see the two countries. I missed a train <laughs> once because they were on different time, time zones. Oh, for And I thought, how sake. could this possibly be? How could this be? You know, it's I can see it. It's right there. And I missed a train because of that. So I think you and I are going to go come down on that. Let's get rid of daylight savings. Governor Walls, can you do that? Yes, right. <laughs> this is our call to you. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he really cares what you and I think about that topic. <laughs> well, we are going to have open phones, right? And so that's a great opportunity. We already have a caller. We're already getting text messages as well. And that number, of course, is 651-461-9226. And I think that we maybe should take a little break right now. It's about Let's do 14 it. after. And then when we come back, we'll get uh, Gary, who's calling from my neighborhood, uh, St. Louis Park. And other calls, other texts after this. It's Healthy Matters on a Sunday morning. Dr. David Hilton, Hennepin Healthcare. Let's start with Gary, who is calling from St. Louis Park. Good morning, Gary. Good morning, Susie. Good morning, Dr. Hilden. Um, Dr. Hilden, I, I'm a little bit confused, and I value your opinion, so I will ask you this. I'm fully vaccinated. I have my booster shot and I have my flu shot. Um, exactly now, where do I stand with this virus? Is there anything else I need to do or, or am I in pretty good shape right now? Thank you, Gary, for doing all of those things. You're doing everything a person can do to, to, to ensure the safety or to minimize risk to your, you, your family, and your community. So, so you're just um, spot on in what you're doing. Since you have been vaccinated and to flu and COVID, you are as safe as a person could be uh, in our community. And so I would go about your life with some degree of normalcy. I would, I would, I think you can start to, you know, you can be socializing, you can go to events, you can be out and about, you can visit people. I say all that with a little bit of a, a caveat. You still need to use some uh, some common sense about certain situations because it's all about risk. It isn't like a situation where a thing is either risky or it's not risky. That's not the way it is. There's degrees of risk in your life. And the vast majority of the things that you you might choose to do are relatively low risk because you're vaccinated. I would think extremely tight, packed-in quarters indoors with unmasked people who are potentially being loud or shouting or music's playing loudly or they're drinking a lot of alcohol. Those are the highest risk situations. Going to an indoor show where you're where everybody's vaccinated, such as at the Guthrie Orchestra Hall, no worries there at all. Um, going to visit family or friends uh, in small groups, I would go for it. Going to a restaurant where there's not just packed shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder people, I think you're okay. So in other words, you can get your life to some semblance of normalcy, and I think you can do so confidently. Nothing's perfect, but you can do so confidently knowing that you've done your best of everything that you can possibly do to protect yourself and your family. Wonderful. Let's take a text question now. It is uh, gun deer season right now, firearms deer season this weekend. Uh, texter writes in, I removed an embedded deer tick Friday. What should my next step be? Thanks. Yeah, deer tick or the black-legged ticks are the ones that carry Lyme disease as well as several other things. Uh, they carry other things too. If this was truly a deer tick, and they're very small, the size of a sesame seed um, when they're crawling around, and if it was truly a deer tick and it was embedded in you, 
then and you're in a Lyme endemic area, which is most of Minnesota. It is certainly northern, eastern Minnesota, northwestern Wisconsin. If you live in Grantsburg, Wisconsin, yep, you, that's you. Uh, uh, so if you had that embedded, I, I would ask a doctor for a dose of an antibiotic. All right. uh, it, um, a single dose of doxycycline is probably good enough, or it might require a few weeks of treatment. But that's worth doing if you had an embedded tick. If the tick is crawling on you, you're good to go regardless of what kind of tick it is. All right. Let's go to our caller next. Uh, Diane is calling from Roseville, and she has a question for you about golfer's elbow. Good morning, Diane. Good morning to both of you. Um, I have a friend who has golfer's elbow, and he's had it about a year, and it's extremely painful. And um, I'm wondering what he should be doing about it, and should he be avoid avoiding using that arm? He definitely should avoid using the arm. So golfer's elbow is sort of the opposite of tennis elbow. Tennis elbow is where the outside part, if you're holding your arms to your side and your palms are facing forward, the outside of your elbow, the lateral epicondyle, that's tennis elbow, often often injured in people who play tennis. Golfer's elbow is when you're holding your arms in that position. It's on the inside of that elbow, medial epicondylitis. It is caused by the motion of swinging a golf club. The thing you want to do is avoid the motion, sometimes for a long period of time. So it might take four weeks, six weeks, eight, 12 weeks. You might have to, for months, not do that activity. You can then wear a brace on it, particularly if you can't stop the activity, but it should get better over time with simple cessation of the activity. If it does not, I would see an orthopedic surgeon, someone who specializes in the arm, and they can see if some type of injection might help, but I'm almost going to guarantee they're going to tell you stop the activity. Now, it's wintertime, so maybe this isn't the best time to go golfing down south. Um, give, give yourself a couple months, and then I think it might get better. Six five one four six one nine two two six. That is the number to call if you have a question for Dr. Hilden. You can call. You can also use that same number to text. And we're talking about open phones today. That means everything's on the table as far as what you might want to talk about. I see a text, Dr. Hilden, that says, "Is liposuction dangerous?" Hmm. Oh, I don't think I've been asked that. How about um, that? Uh, how about how about a, with a with a preemptive caveat here? I'm not an expert in this at all. Sure. And liposuction um, is when they take the fat out of your body. Yeah, they take a little tube, they put it in the area that you want that you want shaped, if you will, uh. and they suck out the fat. Now the issue is this: liposuction is not for weight loss. It doesn't really cause you to lose weight. What it does uh. is it removes pockets of. Uh, some people call it body contouring because it might be in your belly, your hips, your rear end. You just want certain places to be smaller. Um, it is not high risk. I'll put it that way. Mm -hmm. It can cause some discomfort, some pain. It is always possible with an invasive surgery to have infections and fluid collections and anesthesia problems. Those are those are present. I would not say it's a high risk procedure, but nothing is zero risk. And keep in mind, it is not a weight loss technique. It yeah. is to make a certain part of your body look in a way you wish it to look. This person texts, if a person has a cold when they have the flu shot and the booster, um, and they, so they're wondering if they should also get the pneumonia shot. I, mean, I, guess if yeah. you're, I guess the gist of the question is, if you're not feeling well, do you go get your flu booster and other you know, shingles, pneumonia. Yeah, like all of them. Yeah, right. I would if you can. Wait till you're feeling a little better. Mostly 
because uh, you know you, you don't want to feel worse. Most of the vaccinations, almost all of them, even the shingles one, cause you to feel a little lethargic and a, at least a sore arm, and you don't feel the greatest. Mm. Well, that's the nature of vaccines. So I might wait a few days till you're feeling a little better, um, simply for that reason. It's not unsafe. To, if you have some sniffles and a little mild cold to go get all of these vaccines, they're mm. different organisms. They work differently. It's, it's not unsafe, but you might put it off a week. All right. Let's go to Phil, who is calling from Minneapolis this morning with a question for Dr. David Hilden. Go ahead, Phil. You're on the air. Good morning. Thank you. Um, my question is maybe kind of related to the one about the golfer's elbow. Um, on the last day of September, um, I tripped on the sidewalk and fell on my shoulder, and I thought for sure something was broken. So the next day, first day of October, um, I went into the ER and had x-rays. They didn't find anything, Um, but it's been well over a month now, and um, the pain is still... um, driving me crazy. Been trying acetaminophen, ibuprofen. Doesn't seem to help at all. Um, but now this coming Friday, I do have an appointment for an unrelated issue. Is it okay to bring this up to um, my doctor at that sure. time? And is there is there any like kind of injection I can get or? Sure, Phil. Absolutely. Yes, bring it up because this happened now over a month ago. You probably have a soft tissue or a connective tissue injury. You didn't break any bones. It's actually harder to do that, but it's not hard to tear a tendon, and there's a lot of them in your shoulder, or overstretch a tendon, even partially. Now, if you have a full tendon rupture, it tore completely through, you would have arm motions that you simply cannot do. You couldn't lift your arm because there's no tendon. You know, they're not connected. But that doesn't happen very often. More often, it's microscopic tears, small tears in the tendons. That will take time to get better. What I strongly recommend is a physical therapist. They can work on exercises to help you get that better, but it can take months and months and months for tendons to get better. I'm not even exaggerating. It can take a long time. But do bring it up. I would ask for uh, for physical therapy. There are injections. I don't think I would go that route yet. But um, if it doesn't get stronger with conservative measures, um, they will do things like MRIs to see if anything's torn. And they will. They, you could try acupuncture. You can try all these other things. An injection is one possibility, but I think it's premature for that. But definitely bring it up on Friday. All right. Can you please, Dr. Hilden, talk about peripheral neuropathy? Sure. Peripheral neuropathy is when your nerves are playing tricks on you, um, the nerves down to your, usually it's in the legs, but it can be another peripheral nerves. Peripheral just means your nervous system that is not your brain and your spinal column. That's your central nervous system. The peripheral nervous system are the nerves that go to your hands, feet, toenails, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And the most common cause of peripheral neuropathy is diabetes um, because it's a metabolic disturbance in your body. And that is characterized by numbness or pain in both legs usually. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are other kinds of neuropathies that are just one leg or the other, which might be uh, a different cause. In any case, if you have numbness or, or achiness in your feet or your legs, see a doctor for that. They can refer you to a neurologist or they can do some tests for all the metabolic causes. 
and then they can get you to a better diagnosis of what's causing it because it can be caused by any number of things, not just diabetes. So you want to know what's causing it so you can get a good treatment plan. Perfect. 651-461-9226. That's the number to call or text. It is 728. We'll take Jan, who is calling from Coon Rapids, and then we'll take a break and let people know what the weather looks like. So, Jan, you're next here with Dr. David Hilden. Good morning. Um, My question has to do with testing for antibodies if you've had COVID-19. I have a daughter-in-law who absolutely will not get um, the the, um, immunization, either for her or her son. And um, my husband or my son has to get it because um, for his work, but she doesn't believe she wants to do her own testing. I mean, that, which is crazy. But anyway, um, supposedly they've had it in their house. Um, her, my my son and his wife and their son. So what I what I want to know is there a test to to prove that they've had the virus, mm. and then and then she says, well, since they've had it, they've developed antibodies, so they don't need to get mm. the 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 shots and so they're covered and and so you just want to know yeah you just want to know if that's true oh go ahead you want to grab your question yeah yeah so so yes if you if you've had a covid infection in the past you might have antibodies to it in fact you probably will there is no evidence however that that means you're safe so your your daughter-in-law is is somewhat inaccurate with that. There there's no recommendation to use antibody presence or absence of antibodies as a measure of Im- immunity. So when people tell you they're immune because they have antibodies, well, they might have some protection, it is true. There is such a thing as natural immunity. However, it could be that they had immunity to something other than the Delta variant, which is now 99% of the COVID out there. It is not a measure of protection. It is simply a number on a lab test. And that does not mean, it is not a relationship to whether she's safe. So I would tell your daughter-in-law, if you know, in, a, in some kind of supportive conversation, that does not mean you're protected. I would prefer you get vaccinated. And um, I know that she is, her position is a very common one, but it's not based on the scientific facts as we know them today. She should get vaccinated. All right. We'll take a break. It's 731. We have much more uh, to get to before the top of the hour. I want to ask you about Aaron Rodgers, Dr. Hilden, and taking the worm medicine to make him feel better and see what your thoughts are on that. I already know ahead of time, but that's okay. Uh, We'll have a break here for weather back after this. It had healthy matters on a Sunday morning on WCCO. 651-461-9226. That's the number to call or text your questions to Dr. David Hilden of Hennepin Healthcare. And it is an open phone week. That means you can ask whatever you like. A texter writes this morning, please ask Dr. Hilden if Aaron Rodgers can be allergic to the vaccines. Sure enjoy Susie and Dr. Hilden every Sunday. Oh, thanks, Sue. <laughs> well, thank you for that. Um, the whole thing on Aaron Rodgers just is just I, I just can't can't imagine um, 
The whole thing just baffles me. Um, yes, you can be allergic to something in a vaccine. However, almost nobody is allergic to anything in the in the COVID vaccines. And I don't know what Mr. Rogers might be allergic to. We are telling people with relatively severe allergies, you it's okay to go ahead and get the COVID um, vaccine. It's okay. I don't know how he would know what he's allergic to in there um, uh, because it's not the it's not the active ingredients. So I don't even know where that is. And his and Aaron Rodgers um, has talked publicly about his vaccination status. Therefore, I can I can comment on it. I wouldn't ever comment on a patient. But he's a public figure who's been public about it. He says he's immunized. That is simply false. He's not immunized. So what I really struggle with is that he's getting into that huddle with a bunch of Green Bay Packers and he's four inches from their face and spewing out his saliva in his air. And that is, it, it has almost nothing to do with his personal health. His decisions are affecting others. And that's what I really, really struggle with. People sometimes, this this whole bodily autonomy, you do definitely have bodily autonomy in our country, but you don't have the right to harm me and, and, and harm others. And so he's not immunized. He's not protected. Um, uh, so the whole thing is... Um, is is a distraction from the fun of football. I love watching the football. Nobody likes to watch the Green Bay Vikings game more than me. But this whole thing with the quarterbacks and these football teams is starting to drive the healthcare community absolutely bonkers. They have an outsized voice. I wish they would use it for public health and not for um, misinformation. Let's yeah, just I just that wondered way. that same thing, Dr. Hilton. How much damage does it do to the bigger message of safety when you have like a star figure? Do you get more detractors, more people saying, yeah, yeah, look, he's think not so. doing it. You know, I mean, I just wonder I think so. That. I think so. The the people with a, a public forum, like NFL quarterbacks, I believe, just like I have a public forum, I believe I have a responsibility to to honest communication. Um, you People listen to you whether or not they should. They do. And, and when you are a huge figure, a global figure like an NFL quarterback, I think that you have a, an obligation to at least um, uh, show some concern for others. And, and also people, um, I, I couldn't quarterback an NFL football team. <laughs> no, neither would I think that an NFL quarterback is in a position to do your own research. There are people who have spent their careers at, at doing their research. What you did over a few months of Internet searches isn't the same. So right. I just wish you'd get vaccinated. We have a bunch of calls. We'll start with Catherine, who is calling from Blaine. Good morning, Catherine. You're on with Dr. Hilden. Good morning, Susie. Good morning, Dr. Hilden. I love your I love your program. Hmm. I have a question about um, monoclonal uh, injections. I was reading an article um, in a pharmacy letter that was talking about it, and I just want to know if um, Dr. Hilden knows anything about that. All right, sure. For the monoclonal antibodies do help. That what they are is um, is your body does make antibodies when you have a COVID infection. Monoclonal antibodies are produced in a lab that are specific toward the COVID. And so if they're given by injection. So monoclonal antibodies are given to people who have an infection and are at some risk for getting worse. So they do prevent more or they reduce the risk of more severe infection. The problem with them is that they ain't easy to get. It's by an injection. It has to be done in a clinic. You can't do it at home. Um, So it's a little bit harder to get. But if you're unwell with COVID and you have some risk factors, it's a reasonable option to get monoclonal antibodies. Probably more 
more promising is the pill. Um, Merck has one, uh, that, and Pfizer now has one. Those could be taken just in a pill at home over a course of a few days. Those are very promising. All right. Peggy is next. Peggy is calling from Maple Grove this morning. Uh, you're on the air, Peggy. Good morning. Good morning. I uh, have a question about calcium heart scans for people who are, I'm 74, in good health. My cholesterol has never been high, but it inches up each year. It's like over 200 now, not way over 215. Um, And my doctor mentioned taking a statin, and I'm not interested in taking statins. How I actually read where it said you should have one of those every six years or so. What's your opinion on that? Yeah, the only reason I would suggest for you in your early 70s and healthy, the only reason to get a calcium score is if it's going to change what you're going to do. And uh, what what changes would you make? Well, if it's going to make you eat better or exercise more, then it might be worth doing it. But you probably should be doing those things anyway. So the the big thing is, will it make you take that statin? So if you're in the group that for whom a statin is recommended, it is probably the thing you could do the most to help yourself. Um, but you don't want to do that. So if, if getting the calcium score is going to help you make the decision, the intervention that you would are deciding on is yes or no to take a statin. And if my calcium score is bad, I'll take that statin. Well, then maybe it's worth doing. If you're not going to take the statin anyways, then that's okay. That's okay. Uh, what's what's it going to do to do that test except tell you that you've got some heart problems? Eat right, exercise more. That's what you're going to do. So I would do those things anyway. So it's not particularly necessary in your case. All right, 651-461-9226. If you have a question for Dr. Hilden, it is Healthy Matters on a Sunday morning. Dr. Hilden, along those lines of I cholesterol to a degree, right? You're taking statins to mm-hmm. lower your cholesterol. That's another one of those things that annoy me about my own health because I have a hereditary higher, um, what is it? What am I trying to say? I have a cholesterol Hyper- that's, yes, I have my bad You cholesterol. have hypercholesterolemia, Susie. Ah! But I don't know how high it is, and I don't like to pay attention to it because I'm very healthy otherwise. Is that a mistake to, to, to yeah. not pay attention to that? Well, people should get their cholesterol every few years. If it's high, you might need to do it every year. But if it's not high, I would do it every five years or so because lowering your cholesterol is one way to reduce your risk of heart disease. We don't, the indications for going on statins are many, but they're not as, as many people as we used to put on them. But for those people who are at high risk of heart disease, there's probably little you can do in the form of a medication that is going to help you as much as taking a statin. They do work. They are not needed for everybody. But if your cholesterol is at a certain level or if you have diabetes or you've already had a heart attack, that statin is statistically going to reduce your chance for a future event. So I would strongly recommend it for those people. But if you're not a, if you're not a medication taker, that's again, that's okay. That's a personal decision because it affects only you. <laughs> um, then do things like eat right, exercise more, and keep your blood pressure under control. And those are good things you can do. Very good. Uh, I have a question for you about traveling, because now that the little ones can actually get the vaccine, uh, what are we thinking about as we go into Thanksgiving and Christmas and the holidays and traveling and the safety of that on airplanes to different cities and maybe countries? 
Yeah, now that kids can get it, every school-age kid in the country is eligible for vaccine, and every healthcare professional I know who is the parent of kids has already either done it or has lined their child up's appointment for this coming week. So if you want to know what 98%, and I'm making that up, but the vast majority of healthcare workers and doctors are doing, they're getting their kids vaccinated. And that will allow much more safety at things like Thanksgiving dinner and your holiday travels. I think it's the, your safest way to get on the road and visit family and friends and travel and take your vacations is to get your child vaccinated and do it right away. And what about the idea of including your child in the decision I mean, I guess if you're, you know, obviously they're little, so they're not going to have much to say about the, you know what I mean? They don't probably have the brain power to make that decision. So is it something you should just say, you know, we're going to get this because it's very important or, you know? Yeah. And I think, yeah. And talk to your kids about their fears. It's your kids' fears are different than adult fears. They're, they're going to be more worried about needles and about the scariness of doctor's offices and clinical things. And so talk to them about that. Um, make it a fun day for them. Talk about um, about about um, how, how they're going to they're getting a superpower here by getting healthy and 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 talk to them about things that matter for kids. Don't say, "Well, you're helping the community down the road by doing this." That doesn't mean anything to a child. But I have a doctor friend who's like. 12-year-old was wondering about getting the shot and if, if he had a choice. And the doctor said, you do. This was the parent, the doctor who is a parent, said, you do have a choice, my son. It's the left arm or the right arm. That's your choice. Because <laughs> <laughs> that starts this week in earnest or is it our – I thought it may Yeah, be- five-year-olds can get it right now. So you can do it this week. All right. Very good. And that's some advice to parents to help them kind of think about and talk mm-hmm. through some of the fears. It's a quick, quick uh, – pinch and then you're on to better things do kids get the same kind of sickness i mean because some grown-ups you know got pretty sick but does that lower dose not affect the kids or have we seen much of that we haven't seen too much um uh of serious side effects um kids get the same thing they get a little sore arm they might be a little tired but it kids bounce back really really quickly and so we uh, thus far we haven't seen many problems with children. But you know it doesn't mean they're not going to feel it. They're going to have a little sore arm. Have them shake their arm out and everything, and go out for ice cream afterwards. That's what I would suggest. Kids actually are so tough and resilient. They're so much more resilient than we think. They've been getting vaccines their whole life. They maybe don't remember them all, but it's not completely foreign to them. All right, we're going to take a break. It is seven forty-six on a Sunday morning. We have calls lined up to ask you questions, Doctor Hilton. We also have text questions coming in at 651-461-9226. We'll get to those after this on WCCO. 749 on a Sunday morning, 46 degrees, mostly cloudy sky. Another nice day. A lot of folks out and about raking, getting themselves ready for the inevitable. That would be winter. Uh, Dr. David Hilden is with us on our news line, and it is an opportunity this week for you to ask your questions as well at 651-461-9226. It's an open phone line. That means anything you want to ask, I guess. Nothing's uh, nothing's taboo. So we'll start with uh, Patricia, who's calling from Burnsville. Good morning, Patricia. You're on with Dr. Hilden. Hi, I'm so excited. I actually was driving and coming from Perkins, and I I pulled over and dialed the number, and now I'm on. I can't believe it. Well, now's um, your chance. Um, I actually work for the Star Tribune. I work in the newsroom, and I love Dr. Hilton and Sylvia, your show. I just love it. 
So here's my question. Um, I was coming from lunch maybe 20 or 25 years ago, and I fell. And uh, I, I didn't do anything about it. I felt fine. I kept walking. I was walking a lot. Now I'm years older, and now I'm having trouble with my ankle. Hmm. So I don't know. I'm kind of afraid to go. I don't want to have surgery. I go get a physical every year. Um, all my numbers are fine. I'm not on med. I'm not walking as much because of my ankle, and I just need to know what to do. It's the right ankle, and it doesn't hurt all the time, but um, a lot of days I get up, I feel like I'm leaning a little bit to the right, um, and a lot of days I'm fine. I change my gym shoes out more often because they're starting to curve a little. Mm. So I'm just, mm. <laughs> I don't know. I, I want to go in the trio, but I'm just a little afraid to go. Yeah, well, Patricia, first of all, thank you for um, for being a listener and for calling in. And, and Perkins sounds great right about now, by the way. Uh, you, you, I don't know if your ankle problem is related to the thing that happened years ago or not. It could be. It could be that you have a, you have lax ligaments and joints. They're not as tight as they used to be. It could be just that, uh, that you are having degenerative problems, arthritis and the like, at the site of a previous injury from some decades ago. It could be something different. So I would go in and have some x-rays taken. I would see an orthopedist or even your primary doctor just to start, just to get a look. Somebody can watch you walk. They can do a gait analysis. They can see if your ankle is swollen in weird ways. They can take pictures, x-rays, to see if there's any... Um, a joint space narrowing and the like. And then they can recommend good shoes. They can recommend physical therapy to strengthen it. Or if it's something more serious, they can recommend that as well. So I think something that comes and goes and is really bothering you like this, I would go have that look just to get it all checked out and see what exactly is going on. I think that's completely reasonable to do. All right. Thanks for that. Thanks for listening, Patricia. We really appreciate your enthusiasm and joy for WCCO. And speaking of enthusiasm and joy, Dr. Hilden, a texter writes, my eight-year-old grandson woke up last Wednesday and said, yay, it's vaccination day. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. Go for it, kid. We love you. Oh, dear. So, uh, again, people can jump on the text line, 651-461-9226, or try to squeeze one last call in. We've got about three minutes left together. But if if people are listening and they have any follow-up questions and want to find out more, because there are still quite a few questions about, you know, this, that, and the other thing that maybe they still want to follow through with, can they email you or talk to you yeah you can always online. email us yeah yeah um, there's a few ways to get a hold of us first of all hennepinhealthcare.org has a lot of information i encourage you to follow myhealthymatters.org which is the blog site which we're going to be revving up again you can follow me on twitter dr david hilden it's dr david hilden you can send me direct messages that way oh. um, if you're on twitter or you can always email us at healthymatters at hcmed.org healthymatters at hcmed.org now keep in mind i can't really answer your specific questions one-on-one because then i'm acting as your doctor and all i'm giving is general medical advice over the airwaves but if you contact me one-on-one i can't really tell you do this do that do the other thing because i i'm not your doctor but i can offer you general advice on what to do next. I do have a question. Can someone may ask for you to be their primary physician? 
Yeah, well, I'm currently full up in the clinic. Uh, that might change in 2022, but right, right now, just right curious. now, um, don't have any spots left. Well, I must say I'm excited for next week's show. We're going to talk about alcohol addiction, and it is rampant, even though people don't talk about it. People yep. are out there, and they are struggling, and I know a lot of loved ones of people that are abusing alcohol or drugs Always yep. have questions about what yep. we can do to help. So Exactly. We're having t- Dr. Charlie Reznikoff, a very good friend of mine and an addiction specialist of all kinds. He's been on the show in past years. Holidays are coming up. Alcohol is a big deal for a lot of people. It's the most common thing that people struggle with. We're going to talk about alcohol, addiction, what is safe drinking behaviors, things like that next week. And be sure, everybody, follow me on Twitter, Dr. David Hilden, and I can be in touch with you in that way. That is wonderful. Well, I hope you have a wonderful week. It was good to talk to you, as always, and we encourage people to go to HennepinHealthCare.org if they want to find out more about what's happening at the hospital. Thanks, Dr. Hilton. Susie. See you next week.